Welcome to SickCast, brought to you by Sick Research Institute, illuminating every path. Welcome to the SickCast. This episode is from a live recording from August 1st of this year. The Sick Research Institute gathered a host of incredible voices from across the globe to uncover the historical facets of Sikh history in Pakistan. Before we get into the recording, I'll introduce you to our guests. First up, we have filmmaker and author Amardeep Singh from Singapore. After leaving 25 years in the corporate world behind, he began a journey of uncovering the history of Sikhs in Pakistan, beginning with the partition of India in 1947. Through years of research, he has produced two books and two documentary films, and is currently creating a multi-episode series called Allegory, a tapestry of Guru Nanak's travels looking into the travels of Guru Nanak across nine countries. Next, we have Dr. Nadra Khan from Lahore, Pakistan. She is an associate professor of art history at the Lahore University of Management Sciences and specializes in art and architecture in Punjab from 16th to 20th century. In her tenor, she was the first to create a comprehensive study of the Maharaja Ranjit Singh's Samadhi in Lahore. This 19th century monument was often confused with a mix of post-British annexation architecture, and until her studies debuted in 2018 at the University of Bonn Studies in Asian Art and Cultural Series. Dr. Dalvir Singh Panu from California joins us. He's an award-winning dentist and founder of Banu Dental Group. He and a team traveled to Pakistan to create the book Sikh Heritage Beyond the Borders. They traveled to 84 different sites, dedicating a chapter to each one. And with a multitude of photos, cross-reference sources, and transcriptions, they provided an insight into the physical and monumental history of Sikhs in Punjab. And lastly, moderating the dialogue, we have Dr. Pritpal Singh from Dallas, Texas. A lover of Sikh history and education, he is a serving member with the Board of Directors of Sikh Research Institute, as well as a physician executive for Cigna, providing mentorship to health management teams by providing clinical insight, educational support, and healthcare solutions and strategies. The webinar is facilitated by our webinar coordinator, Manvinder Kaur. Dr. Pritpal Singh will start us off. Good morning, and depending on where you are in the world, uh, good evening, good afternoon. Today, we're very delighted, uh, and it's, it's actually a treat for all of us uh, to have such a wonderful panel of individuals who have really worked so hard, uh, and they actually have followed their passions in life, uh, despite... Uh, um, uh, being introduced on different paths. And it's a real treat, personal treat for me uh, because I am a student of history. And I went to, first time I went to Pakistan was at, during my childhood. And I've never forgotten that. So first question for the panel. All of you um, are so, you're really experts in your field. And some of you are actually in other professions or were in other professions, but chose uh, to make this a priority in life. So I'll start with uh, uh, Amardeep Singh 
that what motivated you to explore and leave behind your job in the corporate world and make this really uh, the focus in your life? Well, thanks, uh, uh, Dr. Prithpal, for giving this opportunity and to the Sikri team. Uh, you know, certain things cannot be explained in life and it's best one does not attempt to explain. Uh, actually, it's a misnomer when people say, you left your job. I think I'm working even harder than what I was working in the corporate life. So uh, one would say is that it's just a change of track. I mean, you're still uh, very actively engaged. You're still contributing in the society. I think the way I look at my life is there was a 25 years corporate rat race one was running. Uh, there was a time for that. There was a space for there, that. There was a passionate uh, pursuit uh, one was per, uh, you know, delving into for good 30 odd years. And that there was a time in life that it manifested, it sprouted. I mean, it's like a blooming of a flower. And uh, one can only thank the divine that you were given an opportunity. But the way I define the pursuits today in my life is that 25 years I was uh, running a life for dollars and cents and basis points. Uh, now I, I have given up my wants. I live on need, but I'm living a life uh, which is a cherishable uh, life which I'll live. reflect back in my old days age and I'll say thank God you gave me this opportunity. So uh, a follow-up question to you Amardeep is what brought that change? What led you to make that shift in your life? Well as I said you know uh, often one one would uh, I, I would give this this tip to the youth uh, and rather than saying that uh, what brought my change is that you know whatever you're doing in the moment do it to the best of your ability. Uh, I often say, uh, you know, people give advice, create your, uh, follow your passions. I said, I always say, don't follow your passions, create your passions. What it means is in the moment, whatever you're doing, do it such a, to the, such a, uh, you know, perfection and with so much of passion inside it that actually you're creating it. You become the passion. And then what happens is the change every time is lying right behind you. All you have to do is just turn behind, pick it up and it transforms. All I can say is that in my life, when I look back, Never have I pursued something more than four to five years. Even when I'm looking at this life, I left corporate in 2014. I was an author. I'm no more an author. I'm now a filmmaker, right? So I don't see myself as an author, but I was a photographer. I'm no more a photographer. Uh, I was into musicology. I'm no more a musicologist, right? So I think the parallel track, all I will say is, I'll not try and say what made me transform, but I'll try and give an advice to the people you're hearing. Create your passions because your answer is right behind you and the divine will tell you when you have to stop a, stop a track and pick up the next one. Thank you, uh, Amardeep Singh Ji, that, uh, that, that the finding the passion is one thing that um, I'm not sure if most people ever get an opportunity to even think about. And, uh, and even less people get uh, uh, actually an opportunity to pursue once they discover their passion. So uh, Delvi, Dr. Delveer Singh Panuji, uh, you you are an established dentist in California. Uh, what brought this change in your life that wanted motivated you to explore and perhaps change the direction your life was going at that point? Thank you so much, Ji, uh, Dr. Prithpal Singh Ji. First of all, I really want to appreciate this uh, wonderful effort by Sikri, putting us all together. Amardeep Singh Paji, whom I have been watching for so many years, working really hard, doing the field work. Dr. Nadra Khan, who actually ignited this fire in me many years ago when she had made a presentation in Lubitas. I was one of the spectators watching her presentation. So uh, just to answer, you know, 
question briefly, I would say that while working as a dentist, I always had a, a kind of interest in history, not, not necessarily Sikh history, but I am very fond of traveling worldwide, understanding how the religions convert and they play their conversion game. That is actually my main niche is like, you know, to spend a lot of time in Spain, in Portugal, just to watch those buildings and see how the religion of the buildings got converted. Then I started going back to India to visit uh, Central India, Eastern India, Southern India, just to observe the patterns. Like it was not something specific to Sikh history as, as such. So while working as a dentist, I got a lot of staff members because of my, uh, you know, personal interest or, you know, socializing, you can say I got a lot of uh, staff members and patients from Iran, Iraq, Egypt, Turkey, Pakistan, uh, in Bangladesh. So while talking to them, what I felt was that there is a unique opportunity here that we can do something special for the heritage, which is outside India, to document it with the help of those friends. And uh, though I could not dare to leave my dental practice because that's my bread and butter, so I thought of doing simultaneously. It's I'm wearing different hats at different times, but uh, with God's grace, things are working fine. And uh, so I kind of challenged myself that along with the career, how can I do something with the help of this good network that we get chance abroad? Either we are living in Canada or Singapore or you know the USA, we have something different than India because we meet people from different nationalities, which was not possible if I was still doing my dental practice in Fogwada. My practice for Fogwada before I came to. interest Pakistan, though it was just closest point India I would not have been able to do this. This only happened because change you have different people around you. So that brought the change in me. We have you have you have done something, you know. So that, that's how I brought the change in me, Doctor. Thank you. Uh, no, I hear you. Uh, but I never, uh, to the point where I used to read my, uh, my older sister's books as a kid as an elementary school student and she was six years older than me but i never quite had the courage or never got the appropriate guidance to pursue my passion so it's great to see you doing that uh, uh, alongside uh, dentistry uh, next uh, dr khan uh, welcome and uh, want to hear your thoughts that you were sharing before this webinar started that you were not exactly a fan of history growing up so how did this come about where you not only became a fan, but now you teach, you're a professor of art history uh, and with a focus on architecture in Lahore. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Bhritpal. Uh, and thank you, Sikri team, for giving me this opportunity to uh, share the stage. As I said earlier, I'm really you know, uh, humbled and honored to be here with Dr. Dilveer Singh Pannu and Amardeep Singh because you know, they're doing great work and, um, you know, um, this conversation with them is going to teach me a lot of things about what I do uh, in my own very small capacity. Um, yes, at growing up, I was not a fan of history. And that is something that has actually um, 
you know, sort of informed me into uh, into my own teaching, uh, you know, how to communicate these facts and figures to students and make them interesting uh, for them to actually hang on to them for more. Um, if you are communicating these as as you know as a as a very dry subject of asking them to memorize everything without giving them any context, then it becomes very hard for people to follow you know the timeline or the characters, and more than often everything gets jumbled up because this is what I used to do. You know, I could I found it very hard to to memorize the date of uh, birth and the date of death, death, and I would you know just mix them up. Um, and um, and so on. And then finally, I got into, you know, I was always interested in, in, um, in fine arts. Fine arts, of course, meant that I had to study history of art as well. And the visuals and how to analyze images and the material culture is something that, you know, kind of um, uh, took me in. And that is where my conversion uh, took place. It happened at a time when, you know, I realized that in order to understand uh, and in order to really find out who had created these, uh, this visual and material culture and how these material cultures uh, could actually connect me to people who are not there anymore uh, is where my, my passion for history started. Um, and then, you know, if you ask me, how did I get into Sikh um, history or the Sikh art and architecture, that's again a point where, uh, you know, I was initiated without knowing I was getting into it. Um, I went to the Samadhi one day while I was a PhD student. I stood in the building, looked around. Um, the kind of information that had been kind of poured into my head unknowingly, and, you know, these are notions that are handed down to us, um, they kind of give you an understanding about, uh, about a different culture or a people or a community from a totally different perspective. Um, and when I stood there, I thought to myself, you know, what I've read in history books is that uh, Maharaja Ranjit Singh um, is accused of pillaging Mughal monuments. So probably this is a result of all of that. And I'm going to find out, you know, why did he do that and uh, which Mughal monuments were pillaged. It was only later that when I started you know, studying the other perspective uh, that I realized that this was a very important period in our um, architectural and artistic history that had been totally ignored. And now I'm a, I'm a you know, uh, I'm a complete advocate of asking people, my students and anyone that I get a chance of talking to, to pay attention to something which was actually, you know, formulated in a certain manner uh, in a certain dismissive manner and to revisit it. And so my my study of history has actually changed my own understanding about my myself and people around me. And now I have the uh, the courage to ask questions when I read something which which is like a sweeping statement. And this is what I encourage my students to do. And we are so very um, thankful that you are there. Uh, uh, in West Punjab, asking those questions and, and challenging the, the status quo. So let's move on to thanks for sharing all of to all of you during your personal touch. Uh, audience always wants to know, you know, the personal touch. What motivated you to shift? So now let's get into it, the, the crux of the matter, uh, and and we'll start. We'll go backward this time. So Dr. Nadir Khan, um, what is heritage to you? This is for everybody. 
what is heritage to you um, as an individual and as a, as a professor? And why should we? Why is it important? Why to preserve it? So um, you know, if we start with the term heritage, what exactly does it mean? Heritage is something that connects us to the past. Heritage, you know, contemporary artwork is not referred to as heritage. So there is this very strong element of pastness. But this pastness is connected to the present because we ourselves are in the present. So we are going back into the past, trying to understand, you know, who made it, why was it made? Um, and these questions lead us to connecting with these people temporally and spatially um, and helps us understand their lives, uh, you know, why was a building created? What was what what these spaces used for? Um, how were they celebrating their lives? How were they performing their rituals? So heritage, whether it's a building or it's a song or a story or an artifact, you know, the material, the way that it is used, the way that, you know, uh, it has been um, crafted, it tells you about the humans at the other end. And so this becomes a bridge on which you can tread and go back and connect with them. Um, so heritage is extremely important for me. Heritage is something that has uh, allowed me to a connect back to, to the Punjabi language. I grew up in a Punjabi family. My parents used to speak Punjabi. All my you know elder relatives used to converse in, with each other in Punjabi. We were discouraged to speak Punjabi. Um, I started speaking Punjabi and fluent Punjabi when I started going to Amritsar for my research. Um, and now I have, you know, really dear Punjabi friends and I, I, you know, I feel happy that I now have this control and I have been able to reclaim a language that was very much my own. Um, so this is again a part of heritage. This is how heritage actually informs you about your own present life by connecting with the past, by connecting with people who lived in the past, what they did, what they celebrated, what has, and you know, along this way, you come across a lot of narrative, you know, a variety of narratives, a lot of discourse about how something is presented, how something is portrayed, sometimes positive, in a positive light, sometimes in a negative light. And while you're doing that, you know, um, you must ask questions. Why so? You know, why is someone saying so? Why isn't this being said in a totally different way? And while you're asking these questions, finding some of the answers, not always every uh, question is answerable, but along the way, you do come across elements and, you know, um, sort of pointers that help you realize who you are in your own present position. So, you know, that is why I really encourage everyone to, you know, whether it's a, a tiny little bit of a touch of heritage in their lives, you know, whatever time they may have, uh, every one of us must try to connect with our heritage. Yeah, thanks for answering the question, both from professional sense and also personal. Jarrett, to see personal touch Gita about moving uh, to Amritsar and studying, perhaps we can get into more into our Q&A session. Um, it's asking the right and the tough questions. Uh, Dr. Dalveer Singh Panduji, today, uh, uh, 
Vladeto Zorbedevic, in your experience, um, uh, in, in your travels, in your writings, why do you think it's uh, important? What is heritage and why is it important to preserve it? Dr. Khan, heritage is something that helps us to connect with the past. And I would say, like, to me, it is even like, you know, if, if you're talking to your grandparents, to the seniors, elders, if you're documenting their narratives, if you're putting them into some documentation, or you're just trying to preserve any oral tradition that is going on and you're documenting it somewhere for posterity. So the past can connect to the future. You want to be a link in between. Like, you know, all four of us are doing somewhere, you know, daily research, right, in other part. And sometimes we find out in a particular period, oh my gosh, there is no documentation available from these 20 years. What were the people doing? So we don't want the people to say 200 years from now, what were the people doing in 2020? So that's why I feel heritage is a, is a, is a connection between different generations which needs continuity. And when continuity is broken, it can be because some, some other movement is going on which is very strong going in that particular 20 years, 30 years when all the people are very much involved in that literary work. People are passionate about that. They are, it's some strong movement going on. Or sometimes it's just lack of awareness. But last 5-10 years, it has really, really, I would say, jump-started. Amardeep Paji's book, when it came, before that, there was a big gap. Since he started, and then a lot of people, other in social media people in Pakistan started working, you say that again, reignited. So it, it, it just, there are phases in history in which, you know, people start documenting more and then again it dies. So I, to me, heritage is to remember that these are the only ways that we can communicate with the past. And it's a wonderful feeling. How amazing it is without phone, without wireless, without anything, you can talk to 200 years ago, 2000 years ago with the heritage. You just have to have that feeling either with a building or with a scripture or with a holy book or with the, any tradition that is passing on. You can talk to what was in the mind of the people like hundreds, thousands of years ago, or sometimes even if you go to Egypt, you watch the pyramid, you can, you, you can just talk to them. You, you can see what was going on. And same thing with the grandparents. grandmother, they were like nine brothers and sisters. She passed away at age 99. I would just ask her all her nine brother sisters' names. It's not easy to tell nine brother sisters' names. You know? So it, for me, it was heritage to just remind her and ask her about her brother sisters' names. Just that would bring tears in her eyes. So to me, that is also heritage. Just asking about her siblings, when she's in her late 90s, you know, so that that's all I would say I would define the heritage. Thank you, Rosa. Uh, and this, uh, you know, uh, at least on a personal level, you know, on an individual level, each one of us, because the population came from West Punjab. So at, at an individual level, we can pursue, ask our elders who are still alive. And, uh, and those of us who can take the initiative uh, and visit uh, uh, Pakistan, uh, we have we have a unique experience. I know Jada uh, on one of my travels, Jada si jaan lagye te mere wife te nana ji ne on kya ki tu sada na kaj road dekhe aaye. Te asi chakka number mein pal gaya par Lalpur de lagye siga. When we went there, the way when I told them who I was, te mere wife te naal si sada ek chota ek nana bhi siga uswale. 
the way i was treated ki main us pind da hi jeme jamai hunda hega you know and uh, it uh, and they treated sadam niana ek saal da siga him as their own and as we were leaving i remember uh buzurg because it was sun was setting and it was late ਤੇ ਪਿੰਡਾਂ ਚ ਸ਼ਹਿਰੋਂ ਪਿੰਡ ਜਾਣਾ ਨਾ ਬੜਾ ਔਖਾ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਰੋਡਸ ਕੱਚੀਆਂ ਹੁੰਦੀਆਂ ਨੇ ਐਂਡ ਰਿਮੈਂਬਰ ਅ ਐਲਡਰਲੀ ਮੈਨ ਇਨ ਦਾ ਵਿਲੇਜ ਸੈਟ ਸਰਦਾਰ ਜੀ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਜਾਣ ਤੋਂ ਪਹਿਲਾਂ ਆਪਣਾ ਗੁਰਦੁਆਰਾ ਨਹੀਂ ਦੇਖਣਾ ਯੂ نو ਸੋ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਸ਼ਰਮ ਆ ਰਹੀ ਸੀ ਕਿ ਦਾ ਆਈ ਆਈ ਡੋਨਟ ਐਜ਼ ਅ ਸਿਕ ਆਈ ਡੋਨਟ ਰਿਮੈਂਬਰ ਦਾ ਗੁਰਦੁਆਰਾ ਐਂਡ ਹੇਅਰ ਇਜ਼ ਦਿਸ ਓਲਡਰ ਮੁਸਲਮ ਗਾਇ ਰਿਮਾਈਂਡਿੰਗ ਮੀ ਆਫ ਮਾਈ ਹੈਰਿਟੇਜ ਬਟ ਵਾਟ ਆਈ ਡਿਡਨਟ ਰਿਅਲਾਈਜ਼ ਐਟ ਦੈਟ ਟਾਈਮ ਵਿਚ ਆਈ ਡੂ ਨਾਓ ਕਿ ਉਹਦੀ ਵੀ ਹੈਰਿਟੇਜ ਹੈਗੀ ਐਂਡ ਹੀ ਇਜ਼ ਡੂਇੰਗ ਪਲੇ ਪਲੇਇੰਗ ਹਿਸ ਰੋਲ ਸੋ ਥੈਂਕ ਯੂ ਫॉर ਸ਼ੇਅਰਿੰਗ ਦੈਟ ਅਮਰਦੀਪ ਸਿੰਘ ਜੀ ਤੁਹਾਡੇ ਵਿਚਾਰ ਕੀ ਨੇ ਇਹਦੇ ਬਾਰੇ ਹੈਰੀਟੇਜ ਐਂਡ ਇੰਪੋਰਟੈਂਸ ਟੂ ਪ੍ਰੀਜ਼ਰਵ ਇਟ ਰਾਈਟ ਸੋ ਜਿਹੜਾ ਇੱਕ ਸਟੈਂਡਰਡ ਡੈਫੀਨੇਸ਼ਨ ਵਿਚ ਗੋਸ ਅਰਾਊਂਡ ਦ ਵਰਲਡ ਅਬਾਊਟ ਦੀ ਹੈਰੀਟੇਜ ਵੀ ਸੇ ਹੈਰੀਟੇਜ ਮਾਈਟ ਕਾਈਂਡ ਆਫ ਟੈਂਡਸ ਟੂ ਡਿਫੌਲਟ ਟੂ ਅ ਫਿਜ਼ੀਕਲ ਟੈਂਜੀਬਲ ਬੋਡੀ ਥੈਟਸ ਵੇਰ ਇਟ ਟੈਂਡਸ ਟੂ ਡਿਫੌਲਟ ਰਾਈਟ ਫਿਰ ਜਦੋਂ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਵੀ ਆਰ ਆਲ ਇਨ ਦਿਸ ਸਪੇਸ ਆਲ ਆਫ ਅਸ ਐਂਡ we realize over a period of time that's not the true set, sense of definition of heritage because heritage actually uh, you know encompasses both tangible and intangible it encompasses value systems traditions cultures properties te hundiyan hi ne oh te mind default karda hai right uh, artifacts and the and the expansion just goes on and on before i get down to really sharing my experiences i just want to take from what nadraji said my life since 2014 when i left the corporate job in american express and i ventured onto this path it's a life of bliss i tell you i thank the divine you given me this opportunity but in 2017 it dawned it dawned on me jada nadra ji ne kya ki punjabi de bare ch menu dawn hoya ki mere father he was from kashmir muzaffarabad te main ohna nu bachpan to dekhda si ga he used to read gurmukhi newspaper te milap newspaper and sometimes milap newspaper used to be in urdu and kende san ja ke putar la ke aap station to paper nahi aaya aaj te i used to go in a rickshaw to get a milap newspaper for him right te main kya yaar meri heritage jidi hagi gurmukhi te sikha ditti hindi sikha ditti main te hindi belt ta hai nahi right lekin english bhi sikha ditti but no one taught me urdu what my father used to read right i claimed it i claimed it with a vigor and passion in 3 months i learned urdu in 2017 to me that's reclaiming your heritage it's an intangible aspect of heritage right now where i'm actually heading is from our from our sikh legacy perspective documentation of heritage is the key to change aur main da ek example dena aksar main kehna it's not too far away tusi angkor wat nu dekho cambodia de andar angkor wat till 1992 was an abandoned space abandoned ज्यादा दूर नहीं है 1992 इज नॉट वेरी फार अवे टुडे इट्स अ शॉर्ट शॉर्ट आउट साइट वेयर पीपल वांट टू गो एंड विजिट इट इट्स अ यूनेस्को साइट व्हाई डिड इट बिकम एंड हाउ डिड इट बिकम इज द क्वेश्चन यू टू आस्क वेल समवन डॉक्यूमेंटेड द हेरिटेज सो फर्स्ट यू हैव टू हैव अ सेंस ऑफ रियलाइजेशन व्हाट द हेरिटेज इज यू हैव टू मूव टुवर्ड्स डॉक्यूमेंटिंग इट क्रिएट एन अवेयरनेस and maybe it's not in your lifetime that you will see the blooming of the results of this effort that you do but when it happens mankind will benefit out of it and therefore i just want to uh, uh, end this piece from the uh, sikh heritage perspective in pakistan i when i embarked on this i mean for me it was a 30 years of my self pursuit going into various aspects i think i was ready and when i embarked inside it what i found was 
that the documentations that had happened till then, when I did my first journeys in 2014 for explorations, uh, they were essentially Punjab centric and they were primarily uh, Gurdwara centric. Now, Nadraji has done a great work in terms of Samad of uh, 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 Ranjit Singh. Now, there are some PhD works happening along on some monuments. So we can't say they're not happening. But by and large, the most well-known books were all Gurdwara centric. So then you sit back and you say, is this my legacy? Did my, were my forefathers so incompetent that all that they made was Nankana Sahib, Panja Sahib, Kartarpur Sahib, where the entire generation has been flocking only for these three or four sites. Dera Sahib Gurdwari chale jandene, but no one actually steps into the Lahore fort. How do you bring about that change? And then you start pushing the envelope and then you realize the, the power of the heritage kind of starts choosing you to go into places so far as Khyber Pakhtunkhwa, Sindh, Baluchistan, Baltistan, where the remnants of Sikh legacy are still there. But you've got to go beyond Gurdwaras. And that's the aspect when you start doing it. And to end it, I'll say cultural aspect. We have a huge, today to understand who a Sikh is, we define who a Sikh is. You know, but the fact is, if you have to understand who a Sikh is, I say that you have to leave India and you have to go and immerse yourself in the communities that are residing across the Indus region who are still believing in the Grand Sahib to really understand what was the Sikh value system. And as, as uh, Nadaraji said that, Dr. Panu said, the questioning that happens, you have to pose the question to yourself, conditioning And that's where the visual ethnographic documentation is the best way of doing it. Because when you show a Nanak Panthi in Balochistan, sitting down with just one turban Sikh and 300 of them are sitting down and doing Lera Sahib and reading the scripture, no one can question who a Sikh is. So I just want to stop there for now. No, there is no doubt. Thanks for sharing those uh, personal experiences. Uh, you know, we live in this uh, the era of social media, so now it's very readily available. News travels fast. Photos, pictures, you can make friends from both sides of the border and abroad. And, and, and you're, because when you're driven by a passion, right? Um, so uh, absolutely agree that it, those, you, you can connect from social media angle, those who are able to travel, they can visually see it. And Jay said, brainwashing since birth, we can, we can do a reality check on that. So uh, next question in interest of time, I'll move forward is, um, um, we'll start with uh, uh, Dr. Panu. What what do we lose when we destroy or change these structures which depict heritage? To me, what we are losing, I think we are losing everything. You know, as I said earlier, so this question just falls into the kind of similar pattern is that we lose that important, like how the civilization grows is by learning from the past and applying it to the future. If we don't preserve the heritage, if we don't preserve what the people were talking about earlier or they were their lifestyle was or their culture was if we are not preserving that we are just relying on much further away documentation we are not documenting the slow transition we are losing how it happened you know just like how islam came you know a lot of people just started from the time of aurangzeb when i started researching i found it very close to the time of sheikh friji you know a lot of things happened there uh, the sufiana the softer type of islam the more you study and Sindh also, it started 
after Muhammad bin Qasim, he left. But a lot of the Sufia, Sufiana people, the, the preachers, they stayed there. And slowly it, it helped. At the Khanka at Pakpatan, you know, a lot of people converted in the next few centuries, even during the Tughlaq period. And that was the softer side of Islam. So if we are not studying heritage from that point of view, we are just looking into few Gurdwaras in Pakistan. It's not going to help. It helps. Heritage studies help us to understand the slow transition. Even I was very surprised, you know, when I was studying about this, how the earlier uh, Jats, uh, Hindus, and, you know, all those converted into Islam, even, uh, you know, Nizamuddin, Aliyah, Sheikh Friji, for a few centuries, it was not that orthodox. They said, okay, you can practice, you know, few uh, things here and there. You can keep your Murti Puja Da Jada Chakkar Hunda. Hindus are main Hunda ki Murti Rakhniya, Bhut Puja Da Chakkar Hunda. That's the main defining. So that continued along with the people who were already, they had converted to Islam. And then when Naqshbandis came, they were just on the fringe, then they completely converted. So it is a very slow process that takes few centuries in which people go through that transition. Same thing happened in Sikhism with the Nanak Panthis. So heritage studies help us to understand these slow transitions that have taken place over the period of centuries. And interestingly, to understand this Sikh, Muslim and Hindu, which is very important you know, aspect of modern politics in the Indian subcontinent, you have to visit Pakistan. You have to learn the history of Pakistan region, because that's where we can still find the remnants. If you visit Sindh Balochistan area, you can find Sikh Muslim um, interface. If you go to Khyber Pakhtunwa, you can see Muslim Afghan interface. So there are a lot of those inter intercultural, interreligious transitions still available to study as it might have happened many centuries ago. You just need to live there, spend a few weeks, few months with them, enjoy their lifestyle without poking your new modern philosophy about religion. That, that's how I think you can you can see how the earlier transitions might have happened, even Guru Sahib's period. So you're basically you're saying it requires time, it requires uh, effort, and requires listening, not interjecting your opinion. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, your response. Amardeep Singh, Kondu Prasanna same questions. Uh, what do we lose when we change these structures uh, about heritage? Uh, so, Pritpalji, is there not key, uh, it's a very powerful question and it can take hours to even address it, right? Uh, but let me put it in, in a few minutes here. I often in my presentation, because Pakistan is going to be able to do it. Right? It's not going to be able to do it. It's not going to be able to and it struck me when I was there. I said, we lost it there. When I say there, that land is my land, my ancestral land. I don't mean to say there and here, but I have to still explain it in simple English. So I, I mean, as, as a passport holder, I'm not from that land now, but uh, uh, I often say we lost it there. The lands, our heritage, are tangible, intangible. But we destroyed it here. Destroyed it here means Punjab and East Punjab. Every bit of heritage is destroyed. Physical scape, right? Physical scape, when you destroy it, narrative destroy That narrative does not pass down. It conditions you to believe in a new thing which the society wants to make you believe. And I often say, what is it that my current generation is trying to tell me out of gold and marble laden Gurdwaras? I often say, whiteness of the marble is telling to tell my 
my current generation be blank in your thinking white don't think any color no art nothing white the goal tells you be as materialistic as you can that's what we are telling our gen next generation and that's a big impact that you're leaving subtly subconsciously for the next paneeri which has to take forward this heritage and it's a pretty sad state of affairs we get on to the cultural aspect because heritage is not tangible monuments when you destroy monuments you destroy narratives let me go just go back here in pakistan inside a gurdwara or inside many of the udasi shrines the older shrines even gurdwaras i've seen the remnants of art and one of the art i often talk about is shravan kumar holding his parents and walking i say shravan kumar is nothing about hindu sikh muslim jain it's about a value system that give a respect to your parents when they grow old right that's what shravan kumar stands for for from the indic faith point of view and yet he cannot find space in our gurdwaras today because he's not wearing a turban he's not a sikh so we've conditioned it and just moving to the cultural to the intangible aspect which is equally important here you see when we start destroying our heritage culturally subtly the intangibles we start really destroying it cutting our roots from it let's step back for a moment dalveer pannu ji talked about the low slow conditioning of uh, of how the society changes let's see, see from a sikh perspective the best friend of guru nanak was bhai mardana they were buddies who traveled far and wide if i was to use a modern terminology right baba farid the bani nu ikattha kita and yet when you move forward in time the partition to kuch saal pehla narrative tusi padho te what happened conditioning lahore station de utte they used to sell two pots in water and two pots hindu pani the muslim pani what happened because you didn't preserve your narratives of oneness you destroyed your narratives of of culture oneness the 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 intangible narrative and that's what probably is the root cause of partition because you could not drink water together and that's the reason why we are where we are so i i just want to actually stop here that again uh, for me the biggest learning is not the monuments for me the biggest learning is the understanding of the remnants of the culture jira sanu ek struggle mein mind ch rehndi si ki who is a sikh sahstari wo kehnde patit hai derogatory word wo kehnde ek khalsa hai right and you look at the value system of the people they're not demonstrating the 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 value system of what we stand for and you were totally confused and then when i go into these belts across pakistan where so many lacks of believers of nanak are still there pakistan does not understand who these people are pakistan's official count of of uh, of sikhs is about 15000 i said there are lakhs and lakhs of believers of nanak sitting there when will you realize who they are because our culture our civilization was a civil civilizations were always along along river beds there were a, there was a gangetic civilization there was an amazonian civilization uh, there was a indus civilization our forefathers whether it be the five rivers of of punjab or be khyber pakhtunwa or sindh or baluchistan nanak and his philosophy was in the indus region that's the cultural heritage aspect that we've totally lost because we've lost the lands and losing the lands has an impact on the tangible aspects of heritage that, that's beautifully put uh, uh, virji um that by basically changing 
uh, or destroying these maybe structures, but we have actually destroyed our relationships with, with not only the land, but the people are in our, and therefore we don't value it. Uh, and those of who do, those who do, who do value it, we miss it. We, we cringe for it. We cry out for it. I know those are I went to Punjab, East Punjab, and uh, my eight-year-old son, when I took him to Fatehgarh Sahib, he goes, and, and I told him, I knew the answer. I told him, go to ask the Sevadar. And when he asked the Sevadar, Sevadar said, you can't go there. It's only for show. So his response was, well, why, what, what the hell is this? What, why is it so, what is it, what's the purpose here to show? If I can't go, I want to feel where the Sajjadis were. So in his mind, it was useless and he's 80 years old. So I, we totally get your point. In the instant of time, uh, I want to add, tell the audience, uh, drop your questions in Q&A. We'll get to it momentarily. Uh, uh, Dr. Khan, uh, because your specialty is architecture and art history, I do want to ask you, um, what, what can be deduced from architecture about heritage? Can you provide some examples, uh, some sick examples from your studies or from your experiences? Thank you. Um, uh, you know, before I, I answer this, let me just go back to what uh, Dr. Pannu and Amardeep have been uh, kind of, you know, building on. Yeah, yeah. please. Uh, you know, I wish I had my audience right in front of me, like I have my students in my in my class, and I would, you know, ask them, what do you think is the difference between an archive and a building? You know, when we visit an archive, we expect everything to be placed in shelves, everything is retrievable. You know, these are documents that are going to give us, enlighten us, give us the knowledge about things that have happened before us. And we, when we walk into a building, we do not use the building or we do not allow the building to narrate its story to us or we not equipped with the language with which we can hold a conversation with the building. A building itself or any artifact or any intangible um, element, it may be a song, it may be a dora, these are all archives and these are all extremely important links to our history. They inform us as to who we are today, because you know we do, we're not suspended in midair, we're connected to earlier times. And again, as Dr. as Dr. Pannu said, you know, we in the present are again a very important link to the future. So when we destroy our buildings, we need to understand why are we doing it? And again, as you know, these two um, learned speakers have already elaborated upon, it is the conditioning that expects us to look at architecture in a certain way. Now, where is this coming from? As far as I've studied and whatever I've found so far is that, you know, when we go back to the time where Sikh architecture started emerging, what was the legacy before them? It was the Mughal legacy. On the one hand, it was the Mughal legacy. There was a certain visual culture. There was a certain visual vocabulary that people could understand. 
So architecture would be formulated according to that vocabulary because architecture is also something which is a mode of communication. It is a text written in brick and mortar. So who told us to build our buildings in a certain way? You know, using a certain shape, architectural elements, you know, it has to have a dome, a haveli has to look like this, a gurdwara needs to look like this, a mosque needs, needs to have, a, you know, a member, a minaret, this and that and everything else. We can put that to a side and then, you know, start going back to uh, the second part of your, your, your question. You know, why are we uh, attuned to looking at our building only when it has white marble and it is gilded? Where is that coming from? That is also, again, conditioning that took, took place during the colonial period where these colonial masters became his masters, you know, they, they became the masterful voice. They became um, uh, the, the, uh, the state narrative. The state narrative told us that whatever was being done during Shah Jahan's period or the Mughal period and then Shah Jahani period is kind of the epitome of Mughal architectural vocabulary. White marble was the fittest material to be used for imperial architecture. Wherever it was possible, it had to be gilded. What the British authors, uh, authors told us, and that is something that, that is an unfortunately informing us to, you know, to this day, is that Sikh architecture was a pale imitation of Mughal architecture. In order to dismiss that, somewhere something is motivating us into creating Sikh architecture at par with Mughal architecture. I think this is time where we need to challenge this narrative. We need to understand that whatever material was used by people in any given time and locality was good enough for them. Whether it was just plaster, whether it was paint, we need to leave it the way it is because this is a book that cannot be messed around with. This is a book that needs to be read in its own original uh, manuscript. When we erase earlier, um, you know, uh, traces of whatever was imprinted on it by actual people, we are actually breaking up the link. It is not going to give us an entire story because this is going to be a crooked story. We are actually making these interventions and changing the entire narrative. So these are some questions that we need to understand, that we need to address. We need to go back to the colonial writing. We need to see and inform ourselves and, you know, be comfortable in taking history and heritage as it was created and not try and, you know, tweak it to an extent where it stops uh, narrating its actual original story. I hope I answered your question, but if not, please remind me of what I've missed. No, no, you, you, you did, you did. Thank you for uh, your responses for both of the questions, the one I asked and the, the one I did not ask. Uh, I wanna ask one last question to all three of you and then we'll move into the Q&A session. Researching through this, reading, visiting places, and all you for also Dr. Khan uh, coming to the East Punjab site as well. What are, when we think about the future, what are the tangible ways of re 
imaging or re-owning the shared heritage, because we have established in our dialogue, we can't just we can't just silo it in a uh, box or a Punjabi box or fill in the blank box. What is the best way going forward? What needs to happen to not just preserve it, but re-own it, reclaim it? I want to start with you, Dr. Khan, and then we'll go backwards. Thank you. So, um, you know, we need to re-own it. And this re-owning would take place automatically when we open our minds and our hearts into understanding why was it made, who made it, uh, what was the material that was used, why this, why not that. And then again, also ask questions that are not documented. You know, why are certain buildings or certain artifacts have been preserved and why are the others not preserved? Who decides into preserving something and destroying something else? And challenge that. You know, every expression and every creativity that takes place in a certain time and a certain space is important because this is an expression of an individual. All individuals are important, no matter what their religious uh, uh, affiliations may be or what their uh, you know, Zat would be and what their everything else would be. Human beings are important and we need to start celebrating that. When we start doing that, a lot of walls would be dismantled, a lot of bridges would be made. You can then reach out to people, you can then hear their voices. And then that also helps us in our present day where we are again, you know, doing something that we've been again conditioned into, into building silos, into uh, looking at things from, you know, um, um, certain standpoints and not uh, opening our hearts and our ears into listening to what the others may be saying. Everyone is important, whether it's the majority, whether it's the, you know, the, the narrative of, uh, of, of, uh, uh, of people who are in power or the subaltern voices. We need to pay attention to everything. When we start doing that and this, you know, this uh, humane side of ours uh, comes to the fore, then, you know, um, taking up heritage as, uh, you know, this is Sikh heritage or this is Muslim heritage, or we need to actually get rid of these, uh, these definers in any case. Uh, heritage is heritage. At one point in time, it was, it may have been created. And again, you know, when we are, when we talk about heritage, conservation also kicks in uh, at the same point. You know, what? how do we conserve it? Do we erase all subsequent traces of people who left their stamps on it? No, everyone is important. You know, uh, uh, Amardeep uh, talked about the Lahore Fort. The Lahore Fort is again, um, um, you know, a, 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 a landscape that has so many people, so many different types of backgrounds, so many religions, so many political narratives embedded in these walls. What do you know? What what do we do? Do we knock down everything that is Sikh and uh, that is British and just take it back to the Mughal period? Because you know we as Muslims only own the Mughals. No, that is a big no. And once we actually teach our younger generation of using and asserting this no and opening them you know their minds uh, up to owning everything then things would actually start flowing you know uh, very easily and um, you know i think that is one point one 
tangible step that we need to start taking towards a direction of cleansing our minds of these notions of whatever defines us as who you know uh, uh, we are we are human beings we are inhabiting a certain piece of land and we must be interested in conserving uh, memories of people who inhabited this land before us they were equally important they left this space for us we will leave this space for uh, you know the subsequent generation we would not want them to dismiss us or uh, erase our memories so likewise, we should not be erasing memories of people uh, who came before us. Thank you, Dr. Khan, for your uh, very thoughtful response. Um, <clears throat> it demands a lot of reflection, a lot of introspection uh, uh, to understand the depth of what you're saying. Um, because to feel that oneness um, requires perhaps venturing into areas that we may not be comfortable with. But I really like the thought. Uh, the thoughtfulness of the response. Uh, Dr. Panu, uh, <clears throat> one of the things, beautiful things I would say about your, your book is the way you collected things uh, uh, from historians, writers, general, actually locals from both sides. Uh, it it, 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 it all, almost like forces integration from the, uh, the both sides of the border. So Dr. Panu, how would what's your uh, well, how would you respond to what's the best way of reowning or reimagining this shared heritage? Yeah, thank you so much, Dr. This is an excellent question. Actually, that was the whole idea behind it. Either they're in Pakistan or they're in USA or abroad, they can start accepting the academic value of these marvels in Pakistan. So that's why I had to write the book not just from a perspective of a sick reader or a sick author. That's why when I was writing a chapter about Guru Arjun Dev Ji Pasha's martyrdom in Lahore, I spent more time in India visiting all Jahangir's places. I was just trying to understand Jahangir. I don't want to limit Jahangir with the episode of Guru Arjun Dev Ji's Pasha's martyrdom, which totally changed the Sikh history, of course, but I wanted to understand Jahangir as a whole person. So I spent more time in India then in, at Lahore, you know, that, that particular site. So I have all my books and all my research on non-Sikh historians, the reference is to the reference, either they are in Urdu, Farsi, Portuguese, even some French, so that the international authors, or especially the students in Pakistan, they can start getting more connected to Sikh history as if it's their own, it's Pakistani heritage. They will not do it if we keep presenting as a Sikh historian's point of view, because we have a lot of Sikh historians, and we have a lot of Sikh historians. So the same Ladai, same battle in, his, in the course of history, you will find exactly opposite in Amritsar and Lahore. And it's the same event. So how do you write it from a third-party point of view, which is well-read in both countries? That has been my challenge. But as I was using as many contemporary sources, or as, as much possible, or semi-contemporary, so that helped me to connect the people and uh, actually telling you now, I have received a lot more interest from Pakistani students than from India in the work so far, which is really surprising. Like, you know, I'm really, and that actually achieves my purpose. And even from abroad, like in the USA, in England, a lot of people are in inquiring about the references I've used because it was the first time I translated a lot of that, especially old archaic Punjabi into English, and the whole purpose was to give them citation to that particular page from ancient manuscripts. Many of them were not even published before. 
ਤਾਂ ਕਿ ਆਪਾਂ ਜਿਹੜੇ ਹੋਰ ਨਾਨ ਸਿੱਖ ਰਿਸਰਚਰਸ ਹੈਗੇ ਆ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਨੂੰ ਨਾਲ ਯੂਨਾਈਟ ਕਰੀਏ ਜਿੱਦਾਂ ਅਕਬਰ ਦੀ ਪਾਲਿਸੀ ਸੀ ਸੁਲਹ ਕੁਲ ਮਤਲਬ ਸਾਰੀ ਕੁਲ ਦੀ ਸੁਲਾ ਕਰਵਾਓ ਦੈਟ ਡਿਡ ਨਾਟ ਗੋ ਐਨੀਵੇਅਰ ਯੂ نو ਆਫਟਰ 10-15 ਇਅਰਸ ਹਿਸ ਹੋਲ ਆਈਡੀਆ ਆਫ ਪੁਟਿੰਗ ਦ ਆਪਣਾ ਜਿਹੜਾ ਸਾਰਾ ਏਰੀਆ ਹੈਗਾ ਨਾ ਇੰਡੀਅਨ ਸਬ ਕੰਟੀਨੈਂਟ ਇਟ ਇਸ ਵੈਰੀ ਇੰਟਰਸਟਿੰਗ ਇਟ ਹੈਸ ਆਲ ਥੀਸ ਰਿਲੀਜੀਅਨਸ ਦੇ ਗੋਨਾ ਸਟੇ ਟੁਗੇਦਰ ਬਟ ਦੇ ਆਲਵੇਸ ਹੈਵ ਸਮ ਕੰਫਲਿਕਟਸ ਬਟ ਦੇ ਆਲਸੋ ਕਾਂਟ ਸਟੇ ਅਵੇ ਫਰਮ ਈਚ ਅਦਰ ਲਾਈਕ ਦੇ ਹੈਵ ਟੂ ਇਦਾਂ ਚੱਲੀ ਜਾ ਰਿਹਾ ਉਹ ਇਦਾਂ ਚੱਲੀ ਜਾਣਾ ਈਵਨ ਇਨ ਪਾਕਿਸਤਾਨ ਨਾਓ ਇਟਸ ਅ ਇਸਲਾਮਿਕ ਕੰਟਰੀ ਨਾਓ ਬਟ ਡੂ ਯੂ ਥਿੰਕ ਲਾਈਕ ਯੂ نو ਆਲ ਆਫ ਥੈਮ ਦੇ ਡੋਨਟ ਫਾਈਟ ਵਿਦ ਈਚ ਅਦਰ ਕੋਈ ਹੋਰ ਅੱਗੇ ਬ੍ਰਾਂਚ ਬਣ ਜਾਣੀ ਹੈ ਵਿਦਨ ਵਿਦਨ ਮੁਸਲਮ ਰਿਲੀਜੀਅਨ ਅੱਗੇ ਬ੍ਰਾਂਚਸ ਹੋ ਜਾਣੀ ਹੈ ਇਹ ਸਾਰੇ ਆਪਣੇ ਖਿੱਤੇ ਨੂੰ ਪ੍ਰੋਬਲਮ ਹੈਗੀ ਆ ਇਹ ਵਿਚ ਵੀ ਡੋਨਟ ਸੀ ਇਨ ਦਾ ਵੈਸਟਰਨ ਵਰਲਡ ਵੀ ਆਰ ਨਾਟ ਯੂਜ਼ ਟੂ ਸੀਇੰਗ ਥੈਟ ਇਨ ਅਮਰੀਕਾ ਪੀਪਲ ਡਿਵਾਈਡਿੰਗ ਲਾਈਕ ਥਿਸ ਸੋ ਆਰ ਇੰਡੀਆ ਪਾਕਿਸਤਾਨ ਬੰਗਲਾਦੇਸ਼ ਥਿਸ ਰੀਜਨ ਵਿਲ ਹੈਵ ਥਿਸ ਦਾ ਗੋਲ ਇਸ ਕਿ ਕਿੱਦਾਂ ਸਾਰਿਆਂ ਨੂੰ ਯੂਨਾਈਟ ਕਰੀ ਜਾਈਏ ਤਾਂ ਕਿ ਇਦਾਂ ਨਾ ਹੈਰੀਟੇਜ ਬਣ ਲੱਗੇ ਪਾਕਿਸਤਾਨ ਦੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਕਿ ਹਿਸਟੋਰੀਅਨਸ ਥਿੰਕ ਓ ਓਕੇ ਲਾਈਕ ਡਾਕਟਰ ਨਾਦਰਾ ਖਾਨ ਹੈਸ ਟੇਕਨ ਦਾ ਲੀਡ ਯੂ نو ਥਿਸ ਇਸ ਦਾ ਫਰਸਟ ਵਨ ਥੈਟ ਆਈ ਹੈਵ ਸੀਨ ਸਮਵਨ ਹੂ ਇਸ ਰੀਅਲੀ ਟ੍ਰਾਈਂਗ ਟੂ ਚੇਂਜ ਦਾ ਪਰਸਪੈਕਟਿਵ ਅਬਾਊਟ ਮਹਾਰਾਜੀ ਸਿੰਘ ਇਟਸ ਵੈਰੀ ਡੇਰਿੰਗ ਲੈਟ ਮੀ ਟੈਲ ਯੂ ਥਿਸ ਬਿਕੋਜ਼ ਆਈ ਰੀਡ ਅ ਲੋਟ ਆਫ ਥਿੰਗਸ ਅਬਾਊਟ ਮਹਾਰਾਜੀ ਸਿੰਘ ਵਿਚ ਆਰ ਰਿਟਨ ਵੈਰੀ ਅਦਰਵਾਈਜ਼ ਯੂ نو ਸੋ ਪੀਪਲ ਲਾਈਕ ਹਰ ਹੂ ਆਰ ਕਮਿੰਗ ਫਾਰਵਰਡ ਆਰ ਗਿਵਿੰਗ a lot of hope and i just request with the help of your channel now is i see still like jive kal parso hi koi i saw a very disturbing pattern like you know people start saying things about pakistani historians or something if they make one mistake jadda koi kise gurudwara sahab ch gaya they were on it was a motorcycle group they were visiting in pakistan some pakistan historians they took picture with the pakistani flag there and you know lot of people really you know were pissed off and they were upset at them ਹੁਣ ਮੇਰਾ ਕੁਐਸਚਨ ਇਹ ਹੈਗਾ ਕਿ ਠੀਕ ਹੈ ਗੁਰਦੁਆਰਾ ਸਾਹਿਬ ਤੇ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਨੇ ਫੋਟੋ ਲਾਈ ਪਾਕਿਸਤਾਨ ਫਲੈਗ ਦੀ ਉਤਾਰ ਦਿੱਤਾ ਇਟ ਦੇ ਜਸਟ ਟੂਕ ਅ ਫੋਟੋ ਬਟ ਵੀ ਸ਼ੁੱਡ ਨਾਟ ਬੈਸ਼ ਥੈਮ ਸੋ ਸਟਰੋਂਗਲੀ ਬਿਕੋਜ਼ ਵੀ ਫੇਲ ਟੂ ਪੁਟ ਅ ਨੋਟਿਸ ਬੋਰਡ देयर ਫॉर ਲਾਸਟ 70 ਇਅਰਸ ਟੈਲਿੰਗ देम ਕਿ ਸਿੱਖ ਗੁਰਦੁਆਰਾ ਚ ਆਪਾਂ ਇਦਾਂ ਫਲੈਗ ਨਹੀਂ ਲਾਉਣਾ ਹੁਣ ਆਪਾਂ ਉਹ ਤਾਂ ਕੀਤਾ ਨਹੀਂ 70 ਸਾਲਾਂ ਚ ਕੰਮ ਹੁਣ ਜਦੋਂ ਉਹ ਕੋਈ ਗਲਤੀ ਕਰਦੇ ਐਫ ਵੀ ਸਟਾਰਟ ਟੈਲਿੰਗ देम ਨੈਕਸਟ ਟਾਈਮ ਵਾਟ ਵਿਲ ਹੈਪਨ ਦੇ ਵਿਲ ਨਾਟ ਵਿਜ਼ਿਟ ਦੈਟ ਗੁਰਦੁਆਰਾ ਦੇ ਵਿਲ ਜਸਟ ਗੋ ਉਹ ਜਿਹੜਾ ਸੋ ਜਦੋਂ ਵੀ ਕੋਈ ਪਾਕਿਸਤਾਨ ਦੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਨਾਨ ਸਿੱਖ ਹਿਸਟੋਰੀਅਨ ਜੇ ਕੋਈ ਇਦਾਂ ਦੀ ਗਲਤੀ ਕਰਦਾ ਹੈ ਜਿਵੇਂ ਆਪਾਂ ਨੂੰ ਲੱਗਦਾ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਉਹ ਸਿੱਖ ਰਿਚੁਅਲਸ ਦੇ ਮੁਤਾਬਕ ਨਹੀਂ ਹੈਗੀ ਗੁਰਮਤ ਦੇ ਮੁਤਾਬਕ ਨਹੀਂ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਵੀ ਸ਼ੁੱਡ ਬੀ ਲਿਟਲ ਸੌਫਟ ਸੈਂਡ देम ਇਨਬਾਕਸ ਸੈਂਡ देम ਸਮਥਿੰਗ ਪਰਸਨਲੀ ਤਾਂ ਕਿ ਉਹ ਹੋਰ ਇੰਟਰਸਟ ਹੋਣ ਇਫ ਵੀ ਸਟਾਰਟ ਟੈਲਿੰਗ देम ਇਟਸ ਨਾਟ ਗੋਨਾ ਵਰਕ ਸਿਮਿਲਰਲੀ ਇਨ ਸਿੰਧ ਜਿਵੇਂ ਨਾਨਕ ਪੰਥੀ ਹੁਣ ਆਪਣੇ ਅੱਗੇ ਆ ਰਹੇ ਆ ਦੇ ਦੇ ਹੈਵ ਬੀਨ ਲਿਵਿੰਗ देयर ਫॉर ਸੈਂਚਰੀਜ਼ ਐਂਡ ਦੇ ਥਿੰਕ ਦਾ ਸਿੱਖ ਪਰਸਪੈਕਟਿਵ ਇਜ਼ ਵਿਦਆਊਟ ਪਰਕ ਬਿਕੋਜ਼ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਨੇ ਵਾਲ ਵੀ ਨਹੀਂ ਰੱਖੇ ਹੋਏ ਨਾਓ ਵੈਨ ਦੇਅਰ ਐਕਸਪੋਜ਼ਡ ਔਨ ਸੋਸ਼ਲ ਮੀਡੀਆ ਟੂ ਦਾ ਪਬਲਿਕ ਐਂਡ ਦੇ ਸਿੱਖ ਆਮ ਸਿੱਖ ਉਹ ਦੂਜੇ ਪਾਸੇ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਨੂੰ ਫਿਰ ਕਹਿੰਦੇ ਵੀ ਨੋ ਨੋ ਯੂ ਆਰ ਨਾਟ ਸਿੱਖ ਸੋ ਦੋਸ ਬੱਚੇ ਆਰ ਗੈਟਿੰਗ ਕਨਫਿਊਜ਼ਡ ਸੋ ਆਪਾਂ ਨੂੰ ਥੋੜਾ ਜਿਹਾ ਆਪਣੀ ਪੇਸ਼ੈਂਸ ਵਧਾਉਣੀ ਪੈਣੀ ਹੈ ਇਸ ਵਿਦ ਦਿਸ ਨਿਊ ਸੋਸ਼ਲ ਮੀਡੀਆ ਵਰਲਡ ਜਿੱਥੇ ਹੁਣ ਸਾਰੇ ਆਪਾਂ ਇਕੱਠੇ ਹੋ ਰਹੇ ਹਾਂ ਯੂ نو ਇਨ ਦਾ ਸੇਮ ਵੀ ਆਰ ਇਨ ਅ ਕਲਾਸਰੂਮ ਨਾਓ ਲਾਈਕ ਯੂ نو ਵੀ ਵੀ ਕੈਨ ਹੈਵ ਅ ਟਰਕਿਸ਼ ਸਟੂਡੈਂਟ ਵੀ ਕੈਨ ਹੈਵ ਅੱਗੇ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਸੀ ਕਿ ਕਿਸੇ ਦੂਜੇ ਨੂੰ ਬਲੇਮ ਕਰੀ ਜਾਓ
but you don't want to put the blame on somebody. Just a flag de Galaya. I, I live in America and I see U.S. flags in Gurdwara all the time, especially after 9-11. We, you know, the, the, a lot of Gurdwaras do that. Uh, but when we see another country doing it, uh, we get pissed off. Uh, you know, biasness, you know, zahir um, But uh, I want to give uh, Amardeep Singh his say on this question about uh, re-imaging and re-owning the shared language, please. Yeah, so... You know, my personal view is that this is a very tough path, very tough path. Uh, we need to be considering ourselves uh, very fortunate that we are trying to play a role. And I'm using the word trying because sometimes in this lonely path that you are in, you know, one is it requires sacrifice. It requires financial challenges. In the modern world, uh, you can't survive on these, these pursuits, right? Uh, it requires influencing change uh, and there are barriers, political barriers, establishments that you have to overcome. I would like to say that you can work in Pakistan, try going into Parachinar, try going into Quetta, try going into deep into Balochistan, try going into, uh, into Baltistan. How would you do it? And when you actually start doing it and you actually have documented it, you believe that something is working in your favor and then your, your confidence starts going up to say, oh, I can do this, 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 this. But then the barriers start coming in and they chain you down. They are the reality checks. And so therefore, keeping that in perspective, I just want to say it's a very slow process. Don't be ambitious. Just be realistic. If you can plant the seeds, you would be fortunate if something starts happening. So let's turn around and say, I'll just you asked, to, asked us to bring about our personal experiences. So I'll, I'm going to bring personal experiences from this, right? Uh, so I'll say that 2014, when um, I, I did the journeys, that came out my first book, uh, the second book, often I get asked this question. In fact, today someone asked me from Burewala. He says, Amardeep Sahib, you have Punjabi legacy, you have kam karoge. Now, my answer to him was, kya, uh, yaar, beta, he was a young guy. Kya, beta is as, as an individual, I cannot do everything because scope is limited, challenges are there. The day will have to come where every community of Punjab, where it was a mixed cultural uh, living in the past, every, every community has a history. If they start owning it, if Muslims, Islam, Islam, uh, Muslims start owning their documentation in East Punjab, you are already moving towards that. And I think there's a lot happening now in the modern world. When we were talking about 2014, when I started, it was not so open that time. So I said, each one, Jains should start documenting their legacy. Hindus start, start, start documenting it. That day we will celebrate together and we'll say, Asi Punjabi legacy document kar li. Divide and, and, and literally conquer the task, right? So that's what I want to actually put down as as how you can accomplish it. it's a slow process but i want to just talk about re-imaging re-imaging requires a lot of catalysts to be planted to bring about change and what has been my my own experiencing in trying to influence change uh first and foremost thing uh is that when i did these books i'll tell you my personal experience it was very tough to build trust 2014 when i was traveling taliban problem was at its peak and I was sitting at Jamrod. I was not able to go inside the Jamrod fort. My first book does not have the inside. The second book has the inside. 
right? And everyone told me, don't go. And I still went. But the question is, when the book came out, I was literally facing the challenges around from Pakistan's establishment. A lot of them were saying, why have you called it lost heritage? Now, my belief was, unless you're going to be true to the narrative, you will not influence change. You can be soft, soft on everything, but let's call it what it is. It is lost because if I can't influence my Muslim friend to go inside Dera Sahib because he's a believer of Islam, and I as a person who believes in the faith of that Gurdwara can't take him inside, it's lost. Let's, let's accept it. And then if you can start talking on those languages, there's no political narrative in the books, but you can start talking on those narratives, change will hopefully start happening. Now, to me, the biggest, and I'm not the only doer, it's a divine energy doing it with the efforts of many people. But I can tell you, when the first book came out, the cover of the first book, Choa Baba Guru Nanak Gurdwara, it took about four to four and a half years. I've had a lot of discussions with Evacuate Trust Property Board, but I was very happy when last year it was announced that this Gurdwara is going to be maintained. You brought it to the land, to the forefront. You talked about it. You made people uncomfortable to say, let's talk about it. And that's the best way to do it because you're going to make people uncomfortable, but not make it a political aspect. Let's, I just want to talk about one or two small things, just a minute more. My vision was that I've said this earlier, the entire thinking of the community is Gurdwara centric. A lot of documentation needs to be done, but the community only goes to the Gurdwaras and that's said they leave. How can we create a platform wherein the Indus Belt, such a large legacy that it churned, remnants of that will be witnessed and will be experienced? So for instance, the second book, when I went inside Jamrod, I looked at that, at that room where Hari Singh Nalwa's body was kept and there's a plaque on top which, which uh, is in Urdu, which says that his body was there. And I asked the, the people inside the fort, it's, it's with the frontier constabulary. And I asked the, the, the commander there, I said, Sir, ye kamre ki value jo hai na, aap nahi jante hai. Ye kamra aapke liye millions of dollars ke worth hai. If you can just put a little bit of bricks and preserve it. And that was a moment I said this, it was in 2017 with that commander. And I'm so happy last year the construction of that room has started. Now, I'm not taking the, the, the clay, the, 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 uh, I'm not saying that I have done it. Many forces have worked towards it. But when you plant these catalysts, these influence changers, things start happening. So the tourism, my vision was, when will we go beyond and start creating a legacy tourism circuit? And I'm very happy we've created, we've influenced that. We've got some people in Pakistan who's taken the lead on it, though Corona has hit us, but already good over 250 people last year have gone deep inside Pakistan. And recently there was a BBC clip that was put down. Uh, we, we took the, I'm not a travel operator. I'm a historian, I'm a writer. I moved on to filmmaking, but we influenced the change and we took that deep inside into areas where in 2014, 2017, I was traveling literally without, with, with security threat. And this time they're going and seeing the people and, and, and the embrace and they see the connection with the history, it builds confidence on both the sides. And that's where the change starts happening. The last piece is I, uh, bringing the interfaith aspect together. You know, the biggest project that we are, I think my life's 
biggest purpose I think is now it's surfacing. What we're doing right now is the documentary on Guru Nanak's travels. We've been on a journey for 15 months across nine countries. We finished the entire filming, but it's a mammoth task. It's a mammoth task to do a 30 episode series uh, across nine countries, but without Pakistan's content, we couldn't have actually done anything. And Pakistan, Guru Nanak's travels or Guru Nanak's narrative is not Nankana Sahib, Panja Sahib, Kartarpur Sahib only where his Gurdwaras have been made in memory. We give respect to that. But his narrative is also in Islamic sites, Sufi sites, Buddhist sites, uh, and, and, and where the Jogis used to be there. How do you bring in that narrative and put it together? The day I say this to Pakistan government is that we will we will release this. You will realize the potential and the narrative across nine countries. And when you bring the Pakistan focus, I'm looking for that forward to that day when people will visit Pakistan from my community and say, you know what? Nanak went to this XYZ Sufi shrine or an Islamic shrine and we want to go there. That's where you open the doors beyond Gurdwaras. Thank you, Umardeep Singh, for that uh, very comprehensive response and sharing some of your own endeavors. Uh, what a wonderful dialogue this has been. Uh, I know we have gone a little bit over time, but I want to take in questions uh, from the audience. Um, those of you who are logging on, you can see uh, there's a link in the chat box uh, for uh, all three of our panelists' writings. Um, uh, encourage you, if you have not read their books, their writings, if you have, uh, read it again, because uh, I know the second time I sub uh, read anything in life, I get perspective I never had the first time around. Highly encourage you to do that. So <clears throat> some of the questions that have popped up, and uh, I'll call on one of the panelists to answer, or some of them, if you feel more comfortable, please go right ahead. Uh, first one is for you, Dr. Khan. Um, uh, what are, uh, uh, one person's asking, uh, what, what do the locals uh, uh, perceive these sites to be? Um, um, uh, what, is their, what is their perspective? Um, I mean, it depends, you know, which site are we talking about? Um, generally, 10 years, 15, 20 years uh, ago, people were, you know, again, it kind of feeds into how political situations have been narrated and how people uh, believe themselves to be um, upholders of certain tasks that have, have been assigned to them. This is how they would engage with certain sites. But as things are opening up, as things you know have, have kind of been softening up, people have started to take more pride into reclaiming their Punjabi heritage. In general, as you know, uh, I would go back, uh, Dr. Pritpal, to your own experience. From person to person, people to people, connection is very much there. It's intact. Uh, so there has never been an attempt um, at erasing any particular site or any particular narrative um, unless and until there was another motive that was kicking in. So people generally pay respect to these sites. They are mindful of, you know, and again, Gurdwara sites are not open to Pakistani public. So they do not really have an inside knowledge of what goes on in there. It's just whatever is communicated to them. Um, but with this digital age, you know, things are at everyone's fingertips. With Kartar Saab's opening up, things have changed, you know, uh, uh, dramatically. 
Now, you know, I, I visited Kartarpur uh, 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 Gurdwara twice. And more than Sikh pilgrimage, it is the Pakistani public that is, uh, you know, roaming around, trying to understand what this building means, trying to reconnect with. Now, again, you know, Guru Nanak Ji's name is something that kind of um, echoes in everyone's mind um, at different levels. Uh, some people are more aware of his teachings. Some people, even when people are not really aware of um, the entire scope of what his teachings are, they somehow feel that Guru Nanak Ji is one of their own. Uh, recently, uh, Fezghar had an exhibition uh, last year, actually in October, uh, and this was actually on uh, on Guru Nanak Ji's, you know, uh, the birth celebrations and everything. And I co-curated that exhibition. It, and so our attempt was to feature Guru Nanak Ji along with other Sufi saints. Because, you know, what Guru Nanak Ji says also resonates with what the Sufi sayings are. So why put him in a different bracket? Why not reach out and start reading him as well? Why not reclaim him as our very own? Uh, so these are, you know, baby steps that have kind of... Um, um, you know, they've been initiated. A lot of people are now working on it. People are open to these notions. Um, you know, there are certain political factors that did take place. Partition was something that, uh, you know, brought about these these divisive uh, uh, kind of um, um, narratives or the framing of, of uh, these two different communities and cultures. But gradually people are uh, becoming more and more aware of reading or looking at both sides of the coin and not just sticking to one and when you do that you start realizing who was uh, holding the reins in their hands and how are people kind of you know um, acting or reacting to certain um, situations and uh, issues so the more you study it you know i will just sum it up by saying the more you study it uh, with an open mind and you have to pick it up and you have to pick up any piece and work of heritage that you come across without paying attention to what religious, uh, you know, um, affiliation it has and study it. Take that step. It may be difficult. You will have to unlearn a lot of lessons that have been kind of, you know, uh, um, uh, put down your head. Uh, but that is also going to be a very rewarding um, uh, journey and challenges that are going to uh, bring you to um, you know to 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 treasure troves i think uh, our journeys all three of us uh, the presenters uh, kind of speak to this they they address this we started off in, in in a totally different way probably we were doing something else we were driven to this um, these are difficult paths these, these are solitary paths but eventually you do get to a point where you understand the true meaning of what your own heritage and what your past is and how beautiful it is to be able to connect to other cultures and communities. I can at least yeah. say that for myself. Uh, you know, I really feel blessed that I could do that. Now I have friends that uh, could never have been my friends had I been just kind of following the set path that was laid in front of me. Uh, if I had not uh, taken a few steps in the other direction, in the opposite direction, I would not be where I am today. 
So, uh, yeah. you know, these rewards that you reap after these solitary paths and after these difficult, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, sort of paths that you have to carve for yourself, but it's all worth it. That I can say from the depth of my heart, it is worth it. Yeah, thanks for sharing the personal perspective. I know the second time I went to Pakistan, I think I was in college or med school, med school and uh, uh, I was at airport, I was Minu Matha Solarji. And I was like, Matha? In the mind, I was thinking, why is this guy saying that? And then he said, Matha Tekoji. And I didn't get it. Third time he said it, Rai Bularde Khandan So basically what he was trying to tell me is, Guru Nanak, maybe you may perceive him to be your guru. You know? So this is where the shared heritage, the, 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 it's, it's so much, it's integrated so much, you can't take it apart. I want to try to fit as many questions as I can next 10 minutes. So if you guys can try to um, uh, 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 say, take, say your uh, responses, be focused. So I'll, I'll make the next one to uh, Dr. Pannu. Dr. Pannu, somebody's asking, uh, or Abhardeep, one of you, um, um, what can you share some of the false narratives that were shattered in your visits to Pakistan? One or two incidents, how it, what, how it changed your thinking. Sure. Um, you know, the, the biggest one, which I would say, my first visit to Pakistan was in 2008. That was just a family visit. But right from there, my biggest feeling was that all the Gurdwaras, everything has been well, you know, the one that we know of. There was a Gurdwara notification list. But the, the biggest myth that I felt like, you know, that is being shattered throughout my personal journey was a lot of these places are hidden as residences or something. So I started making friends with them that sometimes it's a four to five year process easily for a particular building to find access into their homes and then to start documenting that. So a lot of buildings are hidden in Pakistan, which are not known still in the public, which I'll be releasing in my future volumes. I'm working very slowly just releasing what I feel is safe. You know, there are a lot of land mafia. There are a lot of people whom I have promised I will not share, you know, there. So I'm just watching how the public is reacting. But that is the biggest thing which I found is a lot of stuff is hiding in Pakistan. It's the hidden treasure, which is almost everywhere. And the key to that is you cannot expect that, okay, you will pay someone, just go there for a few days, few weeks. It's just not, does not work like that. It's a very slow process. You don't want to be someone who has just documented their work and then eventually they start feeling like, hey, these people are coming like, you know, colonialists and, you know, they're exploiting their country just for financial gains. So you have to make them feel good about it, keep talking to them, get involved with their family, with their, you know, like get involved in the people who are caretakers of these places in Pakistan, get involved with them to a level. It's not just about six, these things I need to preserve. So that's what I have been personally trying to build. And so far, you know, things have been great. So in my personal opinion, that was the biggest thing which got shattered is that you can't just pay someone to get it done. You have to make friends with them. You have to first locate these things from old revenue records. Once you have done that, like in personal, I have done around 270 buildings in Pakistan. Out of which only 84 I put in, in this first volume because I'm going chronologically. I'm going... In a, in a pattern to index entire Sikh heritage in Pakistan by a proper index based on Chicago style of manual formatting as recommended by the American libraries. So, and we are finding a 
lot more stuff that is still available that is still has to be unearthed and we appreciate people like Dr. Nadra Khan who are in Pakistan who are going to be you know helpful to us because they are doing it at an academic level. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, there are a few questions regarding partition, so I'm going to skip over those. I'd encourage our audience to, you can do your research on that. I want to focus, uh, uh, keep the focus on this webinar to the heritage portion. Amardeep Singh Ji, a question What has been some of your biggest challenges while working, while doing your work? You know, I think uh, <laughs> let's look at uh, without having a positive mindset, you can't succeed in this field, first and foremost, right? Challenges the both asanan. Challenges the ginan lagayena since swear to othida the sal and the challenge, right? So the American Matlam I'm not trying to evade the question. Um, opportunities are huge. And I think that's what should be driving our thinking, right? I'm going to take a lead from the previous question and bring it into this. I mean, you know, I, for instance, have only experienced, you know, right? I, they don't let me stay in hotels. They don't let me stay in anywhere else. It's a challenge. It's opportunities. Relationships So that relationship actually, is, is the biggest cherishing thing that you take away. But that relationship is not able to help you in navigating through the task that you are in. Now, if you look at my second book, I mean, there's a chapter inside it called Legendary Forts, right? Uh, there's a chapter on it uh, uh, called Khalsa Sarkar, which is from a Baltistan perspective. Now, if I start really counting challenges, going into Quetta, Balochistan, now, when I sometimes look back, I'm not going to spell out the details, but when I look back and I say, man, just what happened in this period? How did I manage to get in there in spite of all the odds? I don't, I've never written the story that about what Amardeep has done to get there and how he did that. Because that story is for some day, if my life permits. Because I believe strongly that we are on a very uh, noble path. And being on a noble path, the day you make this your story, that day divine will stop helping you. So I'm sorry, challenges are huge, but what challenges just then So I'm telling you that'll be a bestseller. Because this is not about just challenges of Pakistan, this challenge across nine countries I'm talking about, from Tibet to Makkah Medina to Iran, Iraq, to even temples inside India, even to document Guru Nanak's travels, the challenges are umpteen. And that will be a story to tell to the world if I get to it, when I get to it. I don't have any intention to get to it. Let's focus on what is the content. Right? So what we are creating as a content, let's delve into the content. If you can just read the content and absorb We've written off our lives to be in Afghanistan at a time when last year, when uh, we were filming there in the areas where this Nidan Singh just got uh, uh, caught there and he was uh, he was uh, abducted recently. He's just reached India. I mean, we were filming there. We did not face any problem. In fact, Khalida Begum with an AK-47 treated us to a lunch at our home. I see that as an opportunity and such opportunities are huge. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, uh, one person's asking uh, Dr. Khan for you, 
that uh, they believe Aga Khan cultural service Pakistan is highly experienced in undertaking cultural and architectural heritage restoration all over the world. Are they somehow involved with the Sikh heritage restoration in Pakistan? Um, so Aga Khan, I've been working with the Aga Khan Cultural Service Pakistan uh, since 2016 uh, on their Lahore Fort project. Um, right now, the focus is has been the picture wall and you know some buildings within the Shish Mahal or the Musaman Burj. They would want to take it up, but you know COVID has changed a lot of things for a lot of people. Um, so I don't know what their future plans are, but they do plan to document the entire fort. And when you're documenting the entire fort, Sikh buildings are very important in that. Uh, so um, I believe that they will be doing that, but I'm not sure as to when that would be happening. Uh, can I say something? Yes, please go ahead. So, uh, so Naraji, thank you for your perspective on that. So, uh, you know, in my first book, there is a, a small Sikh monument inside Lahore Fort, uh, which is associated to Rani Jindan, and there's a narrative around it. Some say it's a, it's a Nag temple, some say it's a Gurdwara, whatever it is, it comes from the Ranjit Singh's period. Uh, one of the things that we tried after the uh, first book and the second book came out and the momentum gathered around the world, a uh, lot of organizations from the Sikh domain came forward. Uh, and this is something for you, Nataraji, if you can influence it and take it forward. Uh, and uh, we did say, with some sponsors who are willing to put the money, we did say, let's take a role model. Let's pick up this small circumference, small uh, plinth area monument, and let's maintain it and restore its ar architectural value, restore its art. And I personally met, met uh, had a lot of meetings with the Vacuum Trust Property Board, with Aga Khan Foundation, I met a lot of leadership. I was in fact in Toronto, in Vancouver, and I went to the center there also, right? Uh, and uh, and uh, and thereafter in in Pakistan, we had many meetings. But the unfortunate thing is, meandering through organizations is not an easy path. You know, sometimes I say, Changai Rab ne sanu malang banaya hai. You know, uh, for those who don't understand, I mean, you know. Uh, I'm glad that God has made us into mavericks because you carve your own path and you walk without caring and you document and wait for the results to come out. But I think the challenge is organizations have their priorities, they have their manifestos, they have their uh, charters, and sometimes the, the, the priority that you are bringing in does not fall into their priority. And I think there's a beautiful opportunity, I've told Aga Khan Foundation, that for you to cross work with across communities and stand by the values that they really stand for, but somehow it's not come onto their radar as yet. They've talked about it, but they've not taken action. We are uh, running out of time and it's been beautiful listening to and coordinating this webinar, uh, facilitating it with everybody. Um, uh, I like to ask everybody to just pr uh, take a minute and if there's any final words uh, you'd like to say. And one of the questions was, what is the best way of people to contact you if you can provide that information too. So we'll start with Dr. Pannu. Anji, uh, you know, my final, this is all I want to take is that we all are a team in this. Even if someone is just posting one simple picture of their village from Pakistan has equal value, then any one of us who has even committed much larger period of uh, time of our lives. So everyone counts, you know, especially, 
non sikh whenever they post something on social media please do extra favor just contact them encourage them you know so that they keep on doing it more right now there are only i would say not more than 100 people who are actively doing something for pakistan heritage 100 is very small number as compared to what is available there even 100 maybe i'm saying too much so we need to get more people from different districts different tehsils in pakistan interested so and that starts with simple these days hun to pichle 4 5 saalan to social media di bahut help hai so minute you see someone posting from pakistan reach out to them say thanks to them ask them get friends with them go beyond that you know ask wish them birthday like get into that level you know wish them eid mubarak you know just there are there are so many opportunities so just just doing that you are making those small cells in pakistan for the people who can start making these heritage sites as their own heritage sites heritage sites of pakistan that can go a long way and uh, my contact information i'll type in the in the in the comment box thank you wonderful thank you dr panu uh, appreciate your uh, you being with us and uh, Dr. Khan, uh, uh, wanna any last-minute uh, comments, closing remarks, and your contact information? If you can put that in, and especially, uh, uh, you, actually, Dr. Panu just reminded that Eid Mubarak Panu, to see Eid Sade naal webinar de rahi celebrate kar rahe ho. We have go back to our point he was making about Aga Khan. Uh, so Sikh monuments are already on their radar. I know about it because I've been working with them. Uh, you know they don't. work in silos in that sense uh, uh it's just a matter of time and a matter of funding um any time that you know things come through they will definitely they will not if they're working of you know um uh, documenting the lohor fort they i know the team members uh you know so they would not leave a sikh monument aside saying that they would not be driven by whatever narrative exists in our textbooks and elsewhere uh history books they would actually you know uh, go ahead and documented as um eagerly as they're documenting other buildings so it's i for them it's a matter of time for the rest of the people as you know you yourself and uh, dr pannu has suggested we need to we cannot leave things at government levels or uh with you know uh, funding agencies or uh again the the bureaucratic uh setup of getting down and taking care of these things we have to reach out to people we have to take care of themselves them uh ourselves we have to convince people into owning this heritage as their very own and stop looking at these buildings and artifacts from the religious perspective just look at them as important links of your own history of your own being of your own present and you know imagine every single person has to imagine himself and herself as a communicator as a link to the future generations so it is our duty to safeguard these to take care of them and to reach out to people and educate them convince them you know push them a little bit um uh, encourage them and you know make them take pride in all of these uh, activities and i'm sure it's not impossible it may be difficult uh, you may have to change your tacks a little bit here and a little bit there but in the end it is definitely doable thank you dr khan uh, for your enlightening responses if you can type in the chat the best way people can contact you that would be helpful uh, amardeep singh uh, your closing remarks please the closing remarks i think would be 
uh, I think everyone said what they have to say. I see there's a lot of youth out here uh, hearing. So from where I started, I'd rather leave uh, a message for the youth, you know, because these are parts of being a maverick. These are parts of um, on an unstructured path and then finding something and then trying to give it a structure so that the world can understand it. World cannot understand unstructured stuff, right? So you have to go on the path of an unstructured territory and then get a sense out of it, put it in a structured manner and give it back to the world. So the question is, this path seems to be very fascinating. I recently spoke at the uh, Royal Geographic Society uh, and uh, I was, I felt good that, you know, as a Sikh, as a Punjabi, uh, as a person from Indian origin in Singapore, I was asked to speak at the Royal Geographical Platform. The bottom line was not Sikh legacy in Pakistan. The bottom line was all this stuff that you're doing. What is the takeaway for explorers? Because at the end of the day, we are all explorers. We might be going into heritage and exploring it. Someone might be climbing up Mount Everest. Someone might be going to North Pole, South Pole. Someone might be going deep down inside the sea. We are all inherently explorers. So the question really is, how do you create that exploration, explorer's mindset? Uh, my one advice to the youth out here who are listening is, uh, apart from your nine to nine job, have other purposes around your life. Those purposes could be as good, as simple as gardening, as simple as uh, as uh, singing, you know. But do it to the best of your ability. Create your passions because when you start creating your passions and not follow your passions, following is a blind alley. When you start creating them, you become the passion and then you see the divine start speaking with you. Even the toughest of paths, the toughest of the barriers open up at the right time. My last five years life is a, is a miracle by itself. How we did the 15 months of travels to get every door opened across every country uh, and starting from Pakistan itself, uh, right from Kargil, Dawlted, Baltistan, uh, how it got opened is a story by itself. But I can tell you, it's because the divine sees that you're passionate, you've created your passions. So that's the only message I'll leave for the youth. Thank you, uh, Amardeep Singh, especially about your second time you mentioned uh, passion. Passion is what drives us. Passion is who we are as individuals. And without passion, life unfortunately focused in the air. There's no flavor in uh, To uh, thank you again, uh, Amardeep Singh, Dalveer Singh Panuji, uh, Nadra Khanji, Twada, Sari and the Bot Bot and Vat. You see, uh, um, um, you took your valuable time to share with us your personal experiences, uh, your professional writings, your the beauty of what you guys are doing. And to our uh, um, participants, uh, attendees, this these guys are doing their work. And it, it, when I found it beautiful, is is what they said in their unique ways was what one can do on an individual level. And that's what it's all about. Don't wait for some other organization or something. Do it in a collaborative fashion. Do it in an individual fashion, whatever it reminds you. And if you have not been to Pachmi Punjab or Pakistan, go. Uh, I cannot wait till the next time. Because in a Monday, Jere conditioning who your mind be mostly in a negative manner. So I cannot, I, I, you can only experience this, like how I was treated in my wife's ancestral village 
I don't have the words. Or when you go to those historical places, uh, uh, your 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 faith becomes alive. So it's it's been an honor. It's been a privilege to host you. I hope we can have a reunion in Punjab sometime and we can all meet up. It would be a great field trip for me. Uh, and thank you. And I'm going to turn it back again to Manvinder. Thank you, Dr. Prithpalji. And thank you, everyone, today for this conversation. And um, I think the audience was very, very engaged, as we can see from the lively chat and the q and um, I'm sure those who tuned in live and those who tune in later will uh, yeah, have much to reflect on. And apologies to the questions that were not answered. As always, a recording of this webinar will be available within 24 hours. Again, thank you so much to today's presenters, today's attendees. Thank you for joining in. Uh, today's webinar will be ending now. Thank you for listening to this webinar. We hope it was insightful into learning about Sikh heritage in Pakistan. If you're interested to learn more, the various works by our panel are linked below. You can look at upcoming webinars on our website at sikri.org. And while you're there, please consider becoming a donor. It's with the help from our audiences that the team at Sikri is able to continue exploring Sikh knowledge and illuminating the voices in the community. Or consider becoming a supporter of the SikCast by clicking on support on our anchor.fm page, or you can use the link in this episode's description. However, this podcast is free to all. So if you do like the show, tell some of your friends and family about us. You are listening to Sick Cast by Sick Research Institute, illuminating every path.